Okay. Hello, Comedy Schools Radio Network.com listeners. Right now, you are the exclusive, the exclusive listeners uh, to Living on a Thin Line. But in just one second, people are going to be able to see us visually on YouTube. Just want to say hi to all of you before we get everything started. Hey, if you go to my Facebook page, Tony Visick, right now, you'll be able to purchase tickets for this Sunday night's Zoom show. Tony Visick presents Sunday Night's Funnier. And this Sunday is a Mother's Day special with our favorite mom comic, Diane Miner, along with special guest Manny, the soccer dad, Rosales, and um, Mr. Marriage, Joe Gannon, along with me hosting. So I'm letting you know that. Heads up before we even start. But right now, the circles are going round and round, and we are live on YouTube. Hello, YouTubers. How are you? Welcome to Living on a Thin Line. I'm Tony Visick. And you are whoever you want to be right now. We're getting ready to go live on Facebook Live as we do every day at 2 p.m. And have now for, do we know how many days now, Cheryl? 50. 50. This is our 50th show. We got to tell our Facebook friends that as well. So just give me a moment here. Hello, Facebook friends, and welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. We've got three ways for you to be able to access this show ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com if you just want to listen. YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel. And, of course, right here on Facebook Live uh, where a bunch of you will be joining me shortly. This is show number 50. That's right. We have now done 50 of these shows. Uh, we didn't start exactly when the quarantine uh, began, but not too long after it. And um, I didn't project in the future at that time. And go, wow, I'll be doing 50 shows or 75 shows or whatever. But we have made it through 50. And if you're watching, you have made it through too. And I'm so very glad to hear that. This show is your daily diversion from all the uh, hoopla, anxiety, weirdness, apprehension, and strangeness that's going on uh, outside our doors today. Okay, so this is where we just take a little break from all that and talk about some fun stuff, more fun stuff, sillier stuff. Um, I take questions from you on Facebook Live. I take questions from you on YouTube. I take questions from you on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Uh, and I try to interact with you there. Uh, tell you about some upcoming events that we have going on that I think will be cool for you. Let you know about that. And then we get into uh, what I have here in my home. Okay, with my philosophy of everything old can be new again. That's right, Kevin Brown, 50. My philosophy, everything old can be new again, okay? Sometimes we look around our house and go, wow. Uh, look, it's not the best circumstances to go, now I can get this project done. It's not the best circumstances to go, now I can try this new thing. But we got to make the best of any situation. So I will tell you right now that my front yard has never looked nicer, and my backyard is looking pretty pristine too. Um, and I did it all myself. La, 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 la. So, uh, <laughs> Those are some of the things we're doing. We're also just kind of looking around the house and going, wow, we've got uh, this living space we've been in for a long time. So much stuff accumulated, stuff that meant something to us at one time and now uh, was thrown by the wayside. And we kind of feature that sort of thing. OK, we kind of feature that sort of thing. A um, couple things to tell you about right now before we kick off. Let's do the uh, so-called advertisements or advertisements, depending on how you pronounce it. If you will, this Sunday night, ladies and gentlemen, you know, Sunday is Mother's Day. All right. So uh, uh, Kevin Brown says, good day, Tony and crew, dot, 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 Shirley. Yes, indeed. Uh, Shirley says, hi back, Mr. Kevin Brown. Um, 
What we do here, uh, let me just give you real quick the advertisement. This Sunday night, this Sunday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Mother's Day, we uh, continue our series called Tony Visick Presents Sunday Night's Funnier. These are live stand-up comedy shows done on Zoom. We bring comedy to your room on Zoom. So uh, tickets for just only 10 bucks, and when you pay to see one of these shows, a few things happen. First off, you see a darn good show. Secondly, you are present kind of at the creation of what I believe is going to be a new way to be able to access entertainment. New way to access entertainment. Uh, once this crisis is passed, this will still be a way that people access things and do things and create things. And we've got some other cool ideas coming up of fun things we're going to do live on Zoom to entertain you. Uh, so this Sunday night, it's the Mother's Day special with our favorite mom comic, Diane Miner. Along with Diane Miner, be two very special guests, Manny, the soccer dad, Rosales, and Mr. Marriage, Joe Gannon. Uh, two of these people will be coming to you from Phoenix. One will be coming from Houston, Texas, and I will be hosting the show. In order to buy tickets for that show, all you got to do is go uh, uh, on ComedySchools.com, and you'll be able to find the link. We'll have the link up on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com again very, very soon. Uh, also, uh, if you just go to the page that you're watching on right now, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, Tony Visick. You can find the link, and I'll put it up right after the show so it's on top of the show. So we got that going on for you. Also, um, Class Clowns, that'll be a free show coming up May 22nd. You'll be able to watch a group of people that have all worked together for the last few weeks to put together an incredible piece of comic entertainment for you. Uh, more about that later. And if you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy, we got to find new things to do. I got something new for you. Uh, I've got comedy workshops coming up. Uh, May 28th is my beginning stand-up comedy workshop. The only real positive I've been able to gather from all of this is it did kind of force us into action to put a lot of what we do online, something we have been talking about doing for years and never got around to. And the cool thing about putting it online is I've been able to reconnect with old friends who have uh, moved to other parts of the country and connect with new friends who live in other parts of uh, the country or the world, uh, be it Australia, New York City, Houston, Texas, Los Angeles, California. So now people from all over the country and from a, another country are connecting to our stand-up comedy workshops, and uh, we think that's a lot of fun. We're able to bring people together. Like we say about this show, this isn't a podcast. This is a community. Um, a little thing to announce right now that we're not involved with, but we think it's pretty cool. Um, and you'll be able to decide uh, your thoughts on it. I think May 14th through the 17th or 18th, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona on High Street. Good afternoon, Lauren Oliver. Uh, Rick Bronson, old friend of our organization's great guy, comedy club owner, owns three comedy clubs, one in Phoenix, one in Minnesota, and one in Canada. One in Canada uh, is going to do his first live social distancing show at his club in Phoenix. It's a beautiful club, by the way. We've taught workshops there before, and I've seen a lot of great shows there. But uh, their first live social distance show, so the showroom will not be packed with 300 people. I don't know what they're limiting the number to, but with safe social distancing, six-foot space between people. They could do a uh, live show with uh, Comedy Schools alum Michael Longfellow. Michael Longfellow started with uh, ComedySchools.com several years ago when he was brand spanking new and never done it before and was with us about two or three years in his development process. And since then, Michael has gone on to do uh, the Conan O'Brien show and uh, uh, 
uh, I think called Bring Me the Funny with Jeff Foxworthy on NBC and several other shows. So uh, Michael Longfellow is a very funny guy. I don't know if they're going to broadcast it, but probably the first live legitimate stand-up comedy show done in the greater Phoenix area will be May. You want to go to the House of Comedy website to get the exact dates. I believe May 14th through the 17th, maybe the 18th, Michael Longfellow Live. So um, we don't know if we're going to take a joint down there and see it ourselves or if we can see it uh, via social media. Uh, or just hear about it later. But that's some of the goings-ons that are going on right now. Okay, let's get to the stuff that we got to talk about. All right, first thing is the show. I show you a little knick-knack, memorabilia, autograph thing that I have laying around the house. I found this. I don't know why I got it, but I got it. And I'm going to show it to you. All right, collector people, you might think this is cool. All right, let me hold it back there a little bit. Yes. And you know, it's got a lot of heft to it too. YouTube people, you can see it plainly. Yeah. What am I showing you? This is from a company called Gearbox, and these are exact replicas of classic American cars. This is, ladies and gentlemen, the 1957 Chevy Bel Air. Let me hold it back here so you can take a gander at it again. Isn't that cool? The whole thing weighs about uh, four pounds. Uh, it has side mirrors enclosed. I have never, this is the first time I've taken it out of the box. I took it out of the box for you guys. I bought it at an uh, antique store in Casa Gran. Okay, um... Pretty much paid the price that it's worth. In the back, by the way, a fun thing they did is there's a little coin uh, coin bank in the back. So when kids got this, they could actually put coins in it and save it. But it is the classic 57 Chevy Bel Air with, uh, you can see with the big wide uh, uh, white walls on it. Uh, those great fins in the back. Uh, this was, and this is, of course, is a... Uh, convertible 57 two-seater 57 chevy bel air so a little different than the four seaters uh let me show you the box if you want to see the box i don't know maybe you do maybe you don't i don't know uh, here's the box that it came in and like i said had never been out of the box until today uh these are called pedal cars and he seemed to be capturing this is what it says pedal cars seem to be capturing the interest of more collectors than ever before they have been collected for many years and can be very expensive. Gearbox has decided to design a scaled-down, modified version of the real automobile pedal cars. Some of the original replicas of these pedal cars were actually sold as promotional dealer items and are very rare and expensive, so we made them easier to collect by making them smaller and much more affordable than the originals. This is another high-quality Gearbox collectible. And then it says, quality isn't something to be toyed around with. So this is a limited edition. Uh, it's got a trailer hitch. Chain-driven pedals, you can actually kind of move it along with the pedals, and a little coin, uh, uh, little coin bank in the back. And as you can see, you can collect many different colors, many different colors. Now, I just have the one, and uh, every once in a while over the years, I've had to stop myself like I did with bobbleheads, with uh, uh, bobbleheads. That's right, Impala's mother, Chevy, Chevy is its father, because uh, I, uh, I didn't really set out to collect bobbleheads, and I end up with like 11 of them. Uh, with this, too, it would have been an expensive collection. I don't know if I'm happy or uh, not happy now that I slowed down the collecting of these things. But I'll show it to you one more time. It's just kind of a cool thing to have sitting around the office. All right. Uh, like I said, it's heavy. It's all metal. It's got little chain pedals in there so you can actually make it go. Uh, pretty, pretty cool little piece of uh, little replica car. I never owned a 57 Chevy. I did not. 
I'll tell you what I did own, though. I did own a 1957 Ford Fairlane uh, 500. I did. Blue. Blue with uh, uh, gold trim, I believe. Uh, 57 uh, Ford Fairlane. Uh, in my neighborhood where I grew up in uh, Hell Springs, Missouri, there was a guy named Joe. And he was an older guy that uh, was kind of like, uh, uh, and not an older brother to me, but an older guy that would let me hang out with him while he worked on cars. Joe loved 57 Ford Fairlane 500s, had about five of them, always taking the engines out and put them back in, transmissions out. Um, Joe actually took me one time, he said, we need parts for this car. And Joe was kind of an interesting guy. He was about 17, 18 years old. And I said, okay. And so we uh, left his house, crossed the creek, okay, went up this embankment and we're in, was in the back of a junkyard that was near our house. And there... We went and stole car parts for a 57 Fairlane 500 out of a junkyard. But that was Joe. That was, he goes, that, he goes it's, you know what, it's cheaper than, uh, this is the cheapest way to get them. He goes, they're just going to sit here anyway. He had about five of them. Uh, he was enamored of them as I was because of the movie Thunder Road with Robert Mitchum, where Robert Mitchum played a moonshiner. Thunder Road is a real cult classic about a guy who's a moonshiner, always being chased by uh, the cops and revenue agents but is seen as a heroic kind of uh, a Robin Hood-like figure, rebel figure. Uh, his son was in the movie as well. And in that movie, the car that Robert Mitchum always outran the cops with was a moonshine whiskey, was a Ford Fairlane. Of course, many of you know, years later, uh, what's his name? Andrew Dice Clay made the movie Ford Fairlane. So I owned a 57 Ford Fairlane 500. Uh, when I got it, the um, stick shift had been taken. I think it was a three on the tree at one time. If you're old, old, you know that. If you're young, you don't. It's where you get, you've got a, a clutch and you're shifting on the actual steering wheel. Uh, but it had been dropped down uh, to the floorboard by someone who would owned it previously. It was a Hearst linkage. I don't know what that means. Uh, and it was a different transmission. And that car was fast as hell. It had uh, glass pack mufflers, two glass pack muff mufflers. So it rumbled real nice. And the electrical system was shit. <laughs> and I was always having to replace something, and eventually the whole electrical system went out in my 57 Ford Fairlane 500, which I paid a whopping 150 bucks for in 1974, and by 1975, I had to hightail it from an apartment. I couldn't afford to pay the rent in, and the 57 Ford Fairlane got left sitting there because it wouldn't run anyway. Uh, every once in a while, I'd drive by to see what happened to it, and after about a month, someone had hauled it off. So I hope whoever hauled it off had the money to replace an entire electrical system that had, was totally shot in that car and keep it going. But it was a fun car to drive for a while, okay, because it was fast, it was smooth, and it rumbled nice. Uh, it was a rumble fish car. So I owned a 57 Ford Fairlane. I never owned the 57 Chevy. Uh, I like the 57 Chevy. It's always considered the classic. But to me, it's the 57 Ford Fairlane 500. All right, enough of that hoo-ha. I'm going to set this out of the way. So I can get to some other things here. So bear with me while I move some things around, okay? For your entertainment, this is all going to be worth it. There we go. There we go. I'm back. Uh, we're still working on our list, ladies and gentlemen, of the 10 coolest people ever. Uh, and here is who's permanently on the list right now, enshrined, encased, if you will. Miles Davis, Keith Richards, James Dean, Frank Sinatra, Steve McQueen, Prince, and Humphrey Bogart. Okay, uh, Scott Gleason says, bro, how broke were you back then? Uh, cars had like three wires. Bro, I was pretty damn broke. 
uh, and it had more than three. Okay, and you know what? That's how I remember it now as I'm thinking back on 1974, Scott. So uh, the real circumstances uh, might be more complex than that. I think uh, uh, alcohol and drugs also uh, uh, played something played a part of the picture. Yeah, Scott, I was a roofer. Scott just put up, you must have been a roofer like me. In 1974, I was a roofer, or as we said in Missouri, a roofer. I had been a hod carrier. I'm not going to even get into what that means right now, but it's a brick laborer. And uh, that was brutal, brutal, brutal work. And then there was a giant hailstorm, a giant hailstorm in the St. Louis area. And for miles around from Oklahoma and Arkansas and Tennessee, people came in to re-roof the entire city of St. Louis. And I got hired by a roofing company and became a roofer in 1974 when I was living in High Ridge, Missouri. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Lauren Molliver says, how could you leave off the original James Bond, Sean Connery? Well, hold on, Lauren. Hold on. So we have a list of maybes, people who are maybes, strong maybes. So let me tell you who they are. And this is a pretty long list right now, and we're, we're collecting votes. Dean Martin's a maybe. Sean Connery was the second maybe. Okay? Uh, Charles Bronson, Billie Holiday, Muhammad Ali, Elvis Presley, uh, my brother Jerry, me, uh, Buddy Rich, uh, Richard Pryor, John Kennedy, Bruce Lee, Samuel Jackson, Chuck Norris, Jack Nicholson, uh, anybody who ever played a, in, in a James Bond movie, but I'm sorry, uh, George Lazenby probably doesn't quite pull it off, nor does Timothy Dalton. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Lauren Bacall, Sidney Poitier, Tina Turner, Catherine Hepburn, Denzel Washington, uh, Lenny Bruce, Bob Dylan, and Johnny Depp. Those are all, those are all on the maybe list. Every one of them. Now, here's who's got votes, where it wasn't just nominated by a person and nobody else paid attention. Dean Martin, now, uh, and if you count the nomination, and we do, has four votes. Lauren Sean Connery has two votes. Now, if you were to vote for him, uh, and I don't know if you already did. I don't know if you were the second vote. But uh, if you were to vote for him, you can. Uh, Jack Nicholson has one vote. Denzel Washington has two. Uh, uh, Jack Nicholson's got two votes. Denzel Washington has three votes. Uh, I've got uh, two votes, and my brother Jerry's got two votes. So um, if you want to... Vote for Sean Connery. That'll give him three votes. Scott Gleason says, aha, oh my God, everything makes sense now, LOL. Yeah, Scott. Yep, roofer to roofer. You know, and uh, I did both, buddy. I did uh, hot tar and I did shingle. All right, Lauren has voted for Sean Connery. So Sean Connery now has, including the nomination, three votes. So Dean Martin has four. Sean Connery has three. Denzel Washington has three. Then after that, Lenny Bruce has two, Jack Nicholson has two, and my brother Jerry and I have two. So, uh, so when you say, Lauren, you did mention him the first day you started this, does that mean that we put him on the maybe list? I don't know. Maybe, I, th I think someone, Shirley, did you put Sean Connery on the maybe list? All right, we're just, we're going to go with the two votes, okay, Lauren? It's, it's you know, it's a list. Uh, Scott Gleason says, Michael Caine is like a sleeper cool dude. Uh, Marco Pierre White, too. You got to love a guy that tells people to apologize for not liking his food or they have to leave his restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's cool or just rageful. Okay. But we'll see. We're starting to build up on the list. Okay. All right. Let's get to this. And by the way, while we're doing this, we could still talk about the list. Okay. But every day I also recommend uh, two artists or uh, musical acts based on my extensive vinyl collection. And I've got uh, even, it's a little surprising to me. 
how many vinyl albums I have. Uh, started buying them when I was, what, 12, 13 years old and bought them all the way up until uh, the 80s when the CD, even during the time of cassettes, audio cassettes, we still bought vinyl albums. Uh, but by the time CDs came along, that kind of killed, that kind of killed the, uh, uh, the vinyl album. They've made a comeback in recent years as collectibles, you know, but as far as it being the main way that you purchase music, uh, they are a thing of the past. And in the spirit of making everything old and new again, I've decided to go through there and go, wow, I haven't listened to this album in years. I haven't listened to this album in 20 or 30 years. And what we're doing is either getting you reacquainted with something that you loved in your past and maybe you've totally forgotten about, or if you've never heard of any of these acts before, then maybe you want to uh, go on YouTube and check them out. Okay? So, I'm going to go uh, pretty bizarre here with one. All right? So, uh, and I, very few of you are going to uh, uh, know who this is right off the bat. So, nice red album cover. Pretty strange art. As you can tell, I've had this for a long, long time. Okay? Uh, there you go, right there, once again. What are we looking at here? Um, what are we looking at? So, right now on YouTube, it's saying you're connected. Okay, good. We're reconnected on YouTube. Um, said that my connection was unstable. I'm getting a lot of that, unstable uh, connections. This is, ladies and gentlemen, Uriah Heap. Uriah Heap. Uriah Heap was a um, highly regarded for a short period of time prog rock British band. I seem to have a lot of that. I never realized that I was such a prog rock uh, fan, but I guess I was. But uh, Uriah Heap uh, had a big hit with something called Easy Living, big album-oriented rock uh, uh, song. But the great song on this album is a song called Salisbury. It's 16 minutes and 22 seconds long. Um, it's an incredible piece of, once again, sort of symphonic rock. Some people call it prog rock, but symphonic rock with an incredible opening. A lot of extra instruments. Uh, they had a uh, bass and woodwind. Uh, was arranged by a guy named John Fitty. Um, so this is when what happened was Rock and roll, rock and roll had taken a turn in the 70s. And the turn was the next thing, the next evolution of music, going from 50s, you know, rockabilly, uh, rock around the clock, uh, uh, love songs, to uh, the original uh, redoing of rock and roll by the Beatles, to the Rolling Stones reintroducing America back to its own music with great blues stuff. Uh, into the psychedelic era, perhaps, and then a pop era that was really cool for a while, then the psychedelic era in the late 60s. So by the late 60s, early 70s, there was two things kind of emerging in uh, American rock music, and one was a burgeoning country rock movement, um, kind of epitomized with Bob Dylan's Nashville Skyline and groups like The Birds, now playing a more, it, we're all folk musicians, and in folk, there's a certain element of country, and a continued evolution of rock and roll uh, from its original point. So starting out very simply, becoming more complex. And this, of course, was uh, uh, symbolized in bands like the Moody Blues and Procol Harum and uh, uh, Pink Floyd, you know. But one of the bands was Uriah Heep. And Uriah Heep was an agrarian reformer. An agrarian reformer in, uh, uh, I want to say, medieval England, and that's what they named their band over. But if you, get, if you want to sit back and listen to something 
that's really stunning. If you want to see that there could be a combination of symphonic music and kick-ass rock, uh, YouTube Salisbury by Uriah Heep. Salisbury by Uriah Heep, and I think you'll hear something pretty, pretty cool. Now, what came after all the prog rock? So prog rock, and then, of course, country rock gave us Southern Boogie, and that pretty much was dominating the airwaves in the mid-'70s, either Southern rock or progressive rock, and that's what was happening on FM radio. And then, bam, punk. Punk, yes, DJ Payne asked, like the steak. Yes, like Salisbury steak, but it doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with a, a town or a street. So, uh, <laughs> so um, punk came along, and I told my story. I was friends. Uh, I still would consider him a friend, but I haven't talked to him in years. Steve Jones, the lead guitarist of the Sex Pistols, explained to me that pop music will always eventually come back down to earth because the real magic of pop music, and that's early rock and roll, that's almost swing music, okay? Swing music, jazz, early rock and roll, rock, punk, rap is stuff that poor kid play. Okay, so if you think about rap, rap came out of uh, rap came out of uh, uh, broke ass guys in uh, 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 you know outside of you know in New York City uh, where they were so poor they couldn't afford even musical instruments, and at house parties they would just have a guy would then start doing inventive stuffs with the turntable, okay, and talking over the songs, okay, and then kind of recreating their own stuff. And that was the same thing with punk. What Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols told me, he goes, think about what was going on in music when we came along, Tony. He said, when we came along, who were the big, it was, it was all Genesis and Pink Floyd and the Moody Blues. He goes, how the fuck are four broke kids going to play that in a garage with a couple of beat up guitars and a, and a broken down set of drums? He goes, but we could play rock and roll. He goes, and we played it poorly and it became punk. So... Pop music, the musicians will always try to bring it up a level so many times, and then some young guys will come along and go, no, man, we went the root. And the positive thing for you and I is that we then get both. We get both. We get Genesis, and we get the Sex Pistols. We get uh, the Moody Blues, and we get the Clash, and on and on. Second album I'm going to recommend is not as esoteric. Pretty cool. Here it is. That's a great 19, late 60s, early 70s album cover right there. Original vinyl, not a reissue. Bought in the store when the album came out. And what are we looking at, friends? What are we looking at? We are looking at Steppenwolf the second. This was Steppenwolf's big, giant album that came out after their enduring classic rock song, Born to be Wild. Born to be Wild was one of those songs, much like... Uh, Bob Dylan's Like a Rolling Stone and other songs that starts out with a bam, a hot snare pop, and then just takes off. Now, Born to be Wild uh, later on became the anthem of bikers everywhere, okay? And then sadly enough, kind of got rele relegated to the ash heap of music and commercials, but is a great tune. But Steppenwolf the Second, okay, which followed up, uh, had some very cool songs. Faster than the speed of life. Tighten up your wig. None of your doing. Spiritual uh, fantasy. Don't step on the grass, Sam. Uh, 28. Disappointment number unknown. Lost and filed by trial and error. Hodgepodge. Strange through Leslie. Resurrection and reflections. None of those songs are going to ring a bell with you. 
But the big monster off of this wheel, and the big monster, of course, is Magic Carpet Ride. So if you've never listened to Steppenwolf, if you're a young person going, oh my God, I'm so bored, I got nothing to do, go on YouTube and type in Steppenwolf. Go on YouTube and type in Born to be Wild. Go on YouTube and type in Magic Carpet Ride. And then sit back without judgment and see where the music takes you. I think it will take you someplace wonderful. Uh, Nick Rupert's watching. Hey, Nick. Uh, Abhinav Goyle says, a good show about the history of rap is The Get Down on Netflix. And you know what? Now that I have internet wired into my house, I just might do that. Uh, during the first month of uh, the coronavirus lockdown, ladies and gentlemen, we were strictly working off of hot spots and uh, used up almost all of our data. And it got a little scary in that regard. But uh, I now have wireless wired into the house. And uh, Shirley and I are getting ready to go on a Netflix binge. Shirley and I are going to Netflix and chill. Okay, that's our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. That's 30 minutes of a fun and staying out of the hot Arizona sun. But do get outside and get some exercise. Okay, do get outside and get some exercise. Uh, reach out to people. See how they're doing. Tell them how you're doing. That's what I'm doing as well. All right, let's all be safe and sane both at the same time. We love each and every one of you, okay? And we want to keep you with us. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 2 p.m. for another Living on, the, Living on a Thin Line. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your pals about this show. Uh, organize watch parties. Special show Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Free. Sunday night for only 10 bucks. You can watch Tony Vizic present Sunday Night's Funnier, and you'll be helping support uh, comics uh, who are kind of uh, out of a comedy job right now and also uh, local food banks in this area. So do that. And if you ever thought about doing a comedy workshop, if you go, I want to learn something new, good for you. I got something new for you. And all you have to do is go to comedyschools.com to read about it and register. Okay, that's it for the day, you guys. Thank you so much for watching. I'm going to see you all again tomorrow at 2. All right? Have a good time, whatever you do. Bye-bye. All right, my YouTube friends, 